0: Welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable with your
1: host, Mindy Harley. Warning, listening to this podcast might cause you to shatter your limited beliefs, recognize your potential and motivate
0: you to be the best you can be. Other side effects may include, but not limited to grabbing life by the balls, taking no crap from anyone, becoming an unstoppable force at various aha moments. To get you thinking outside the box.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. Guys, you are going to love this episode if you love psychedelics as much as I do. Or perhaps you want to learn about them and learn to love them and the reasons why you should love them. Because I am talking to Don Gavro today. He is known as the Supplement Godfather. But more recently, he has switched over to pursue his passion project of making... Alternative medicine, the new norm. Guys, we've talked about everything in this episode from expanding your consciousness, children, and psychedelics, our own personal journey. And I do hope you enjoy this episode, guys. So tune in, get some popcorn, grab some coffee, whatever it is, and enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. I am here with a very special guest today. His name is Don Gavreau and he is from Canada and he is here to help educate you guys all about psychedelics. So Don, I've known Don for a very long time and I've seen what he's done in the industry in Canada, being that I am from Canada myself, and he's actually recognized as one of the best researchers and product formulators in the industry up in Canada and he's known as the supplement godfather for good reason. And he was nominated in 2012 as one of the uh, top 40 under 40 uh, for um, the Vancouver Business Magazine. And Don's academic background as well, you guys, he includes a uh, master's of science degree and a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. He also holds the designation of certified strength and conditioning specialist, and he's earned the distinction of CBD professional from the CBD Training Academy. And of course, obviously, he's got tons of articles published in Abba Canada, Inside Fitness Magazine, uh, Muscle Insider, tons more that I probably can't even um, name. Um, but his history, uh, you know, 2008, uh, he, he started, uh, co-founded, uh, Pharma Freak, uh, which I had the pleasure of working with them, uh, back in the day. And then 2011, um, you know, they, uh, founded LBRX Sciences and 2014 Saga Sciences. And then now, though, Don's passion project with Brit, which brings us now to psychedelics is that uh, you know in 2019 he actually sold um, part of a stake to free up more time to dive into his passion project, which is researching and developing in this whole alternative medicine um, industry that is starting to really explode now. So Don, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you for uh, having me, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. I forgot about some of those uh, some of those things over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, now, it's, now that I'm so focused on on all this new and exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: But yeah, I'm so so excited to be here and chat with you about all this stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am as well. So you know what um, what made you decide to just up and do that? Because it it would seem that you were obviously at at your at your peak. In in this area in the in the sports supplement industry, and all of a sudden to to go into this this new uncharted territory that's hasn't even really started to really get its legs too much here in the United States. Anyway, I know Canada, you guys are kind of leaps and bounds with their their making everything legal up there versus here down in the states. But what made that switch for you?
0: Um, I guess it was kind of uh, many different factors. Um, I guess. One of the main, I mean, one factor is I was just getting a little bit bored, to be honest, about working in the sports supplement industry. And as I got older and started to evolve and grow as a person, um, those things became less important to me. And I wanted to evolve as a person and that meant evolving um, with the business and stuff as well. Uh So I really was kind of getting bored and I wanted to get into, you know, different things. But really, um, really it came down to... Um, a few personal reasons, and um, and yeah, I was going through a lot of personal stuff, and I was drinking a lot um, of alcohol, and and I guess you could say I was pretty much an alcoholic, mm. um, and I got to the point where I realized that I was either gonna go one way or go the other way, um, and so I quit drinking, and that was about two or three years ago now. I think maybe three I think three years ago now and I quit drinking cold turkey and I really wanted to focus on um, you know figuring out I really wanted to figure out if there was some alternative medicines out there that could help me overcome this addiction and what was the real problem of that addiction too so I started to really dig into that um, and that's what kind of led me into CBD and cannabis mm-hmm. I've been using cannabis and stuff for you know 20 years to help uh, with pain and anxiety and all those kind of things, um, but then when I quit drinking, I started to look at CBD and I saw a few studies on CBD that showed that it could help reduce uh, cues to want to, you know, drink or do drugs or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that kind of led me into the whole alternative medicine world, and that um, and that evolved into the psychedelic world and really into the mushroom area. And I started to really understand how beneficial. Mushrooms and psychedelics could be on mental health, um, and especially uh, addiction, and how to really how how they could really help people overcome that. And I wish that I had known these things ten years ago, twenty years ago, even two or three years ago. If I had known these things about psychedelics and how beneficial they were, and how you could use them, um, I think a lot of my own personal challenges would have been a lot easier to kind of resolve. And now I'm like, wow, I need to get this information. I want to share this information and teach people and get it out there because there's a lot of people in the world, um, especially, I mean, nowadays with mental health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really my focus now is I, you know, like yourself too, we were in the fitness industry and so focused on building our physical bodies. But in reality, the most important thing of our body is right up here Mm -hmm. and that's the one at thing that we kind of neglect the most. And it's a, I mean, the real pandemic, the real epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, is not the COVID. It's the mental health and wellness, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of how I really got into things. It was really a personal, um, you know, personal journey mm-hmm. and, and just the desire to, to learn new information, um, that has, has been unavailable and that is now being exposed and that's coming out. It's just a really exciting time yeah. um, in the world.
1: It really is. And with with all the new you know, research that's coming out as well as of late, and there's a little bit more acceptance of it um, mainstream, You know, we're seeing documentaries being put out on Netflix and stuff that are getting a little bit more popularity there. Do you feel that... Um, Mainstream sources like that promoting uh, psychedelics in any way is going to um, help turn more people on, or may is going to turn more people off if it's not presented in the right way. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think that um, I think there's going to be there's going to be good companies and good people that uh, present it to the world in a good professional way. Like, there's the organization Maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic (laughs) Studies (laughs) which was uh, founded by Rick Doblin in the US and Rick Doblin is um, you know he's a trailblazer he's a real leader and he's gonna get MDMA legalized in the US in 2022 I think it will be 2022 probably it will be legalized um, as a prescription medication for um, PTSD psychotherapy um, conduct so I think there's good people like that that are going to expose that and bring that to market um, in a professional and under the pharmaceutical sort of system. And they're going to do it in a a good way. But then there is also going to be, I'm sure there's going to be pharmaceutical companies, um, you know, your typical ones that are just, you know, out there for money and don't care about human health or anything. And there's going to be companies like that that are going to try to get into the industry. So um, I think there's always going to be the good and bad, but I think, the people are being exposed to it and there's positive research studies, there's positive results that are coming out. So I think that's only going to help. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, finding those right resources and finding those right, the right good people. And there are a lot of great, especially in the U.S. right now. Mm -hmm. um, I've been connected through a network of clinicians, doctors, psychotherapists, psychiatrists, um, through an organization in New York. And there's a whole all across the U.S. there's so many professional um, medical people that are promoting psychedelic use and integrating it in their psychotherapy and their counseling and all that kind of stuff. So I really do see people, um, you know, opening up to this because. Why not? Like, what's the alternative? Are you going to take prescription drugs that don't work and that had negative side effects? I mean, that's really the only alternative. There are a lot of other great alternatives like meditation, sound healing, um, you know, all those kinds of things work in conjunction uh, with psychedelics. And I think psychedelics are just one aspect um, that, but they are a a proven uh, tool that can be used to support mental health. So I think people are going to, over time, it's just going to be, more and more people are going to be coming open to um, these types of therapy because it's not really a drug. I mean, everything's a drug, really. If you think about it, like, I mean, the, the, the most harmful drugs are in our grocery stores. Mm-hmm. If you go down aisles, like sugar, uh, you know, and all those chemicals, I mean, we're being exposed to those types of drugs. I don't even look at psychedelics or mushrooms um, really as a drug because they're really an alternative medicine. They're really a tool to help people become healthier, um, and to help people heal. you know. Yeah, so I, th- yeah. I think as, as people become more open to natural medicines and look for alternatives, um, people are definitely going to start using it because it works, and the stuff that doctors are prescribing, medical doctors, they just don't work, and that's the bottom line.
1: Yeah, no, they, they don't work, and it, it keeps you in that perpetual hamster wheel of – of pain and pain of prescriptions, you know? pain of prescriptions, then another prescription to help that other pain from that first prescription and so on and so on.
0: Exactly. I mean, there is a time and a place for certain, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, you know, obviously, um, yeah. you know, I don't, I can't think of a situation. <laughs> on the
1: of there, there's <laughs> one out there. <laughs>
0: but, you know, if you're yeah. in a car crash and this happens and whatever, you know. Yeah. There are situations and there are great doctors um, that integrate, uh, you know the traditional um, you know system with different alternative medicines so there, there's a there's a whole wide range of um, you know options out there for people now And I think that's the most important thing is there are more options you don't just have yeah. to go to your medical doctor and basically get you know 90% of the time you're getting horrible advice or you're just not getting service or you're not getting any care at all there's all, so many more options for people now and especially with the online world I mean a lot of people look at the online world in a negative way and I do myself too sometimes because it t- disconnects people but it also connects people um, if you use the online world and social media in a positive way which I'm trying to do now and trying to get more into that um, in connecting with people and giving them resources so they have alternative options and they don't have to um, you know just go with the status quo, or they just don't have to suffer um, anymore. Yeah. That's that's one of the most important things. I think a lot of people are just suffering right now in pain, um, physical pain and mental pain, you know, and there's a yeah. lot of options to heal that.
1: Yeah, and that's something too, like there's well, there's so much to touch on here from what you just finished saying that we can go off in any sort of which direction, but well back to earlier we were saying, you know, the mind, what we were talking about before. And what I think is really interesting is that people's perspective of psychedelics right now because of so much you know past propaganda of what they would do to your brain and then hearing how good they are and I've heard even you know Gary Vee saying like well I don't want to meditate because like I'm good here like I don't really want to mess what's going on in my mind right now but so many people are afraid to get deep into their mind they feel that they can't they can't quiet their mind they don't want to try it's hard and I I find it so interesting that um psychedelics in a way can bring down all those walls
0: yeah yeah they definitely can and I think people that are I mean people that are resistant to that um, that's a natural resistance I think even like uh, even myself I I probably would have been resistant to that at a certain point in my life um, without understanding the way they work and why um, you know why you're resistant to that because you, you like you want to break that down those barriers you want to um, go inside and, and and become one with yourself and become happy and peaceful you know and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, and that's what psychedelics help people do and I think that's a scary thing for for some people to to break down those barriers because we've spent our whole lives building up these barriers building up this physical presence and presenting this to the world mm-hmm. well this is really just some physical being and yeah. this physical bullshit that we're presenting to the world. Yeah. We can make up anything we want, mm-hmm. um, but to really get deep inside and become who, you know, and really love yourself and become at peace mm-hmm. and happy with yourself, I think that takes a lot of work because of the world we're in and because of what we need to build up. As a child, you start building up these defense mechanisms mm-hmm. um, over time. Even if you're brought up in a, in a great, you know, when I was brought up in, with in by the most amazing parents in the world, most amazing childhood and everything, and for whatever reasons or whatever situations you encounter, you build up these barriers, you build up this resistance, and it's just natural in the world we live in to do that. So, I mean, the psychedelics, they can instantly break that down and, um, and, and allow you to start to grow and evolve and, and as a person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially that what they talk about, even with that ego death, that, yeah. you know, that, um, you know, psilocybin can so uh, naturally bring about for people that are ready and embrace it. Uh, do you have any experience? Like, you know, Talking to other people that have that have used psychedelics, or their own, or maybe your own, in the, in a sense like egoed um, being dissolved with the, the use of psychedelics that you can speak about, that you can reference.
0: Yeah, I mean, myself, I've had a lot. I've, I mean, I've had such great experience with psychedelics, like um, over, especially over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experimented with microdosing. Um, I've experimented with you know psychedelics, all different types, just to educate myself and to understand how they work and that. So I've experimented with different, you know, microdosing and this and that. Um and I've also I've also done a couple spiritual journeys myself of various dosages over the past like six months, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um and and just the benefits. And I went into them with an intention. So um you know I went into them with an intention of figuring out some problems, solving things getting a better perspective on things, just elevating my awareness in general, just, um, just becoming a better person and a better, well-rounded, um, human being, essentially, um, in terms of like the ego death and that, I don't think I have completely experienced full ego death. Um, I know I haven't yet to this point. Um, and that's something that I'll, I will get to for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But I definitely have spoken to many and and like many different people that have experienced that um, and many real professionals too. I'm part of a a bunch of different um, psychedelic uh, meetup groups here in like Canada and Toronto and in Vancouver and in Toronto and and everyone that's a part of these groups, um, there's a lot of professionals there um, that are, you know, very highly educated people and that very successful in the world and they've, they've experienced this ego death, and they, you know, they attribute it to being one of the top experiences or the most influential or most impactful experiences of their life, and, and I can definitely say that too. Um, when I ate or drank five, six grams of mushrooms, uh, that experience for me, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget yeah. that um, for the rest of my life, and, it's going to have an impact on the rest of my life now in a positive way. Yeah. And it's not like I want to go and do, um, you know, that was several months ago. I can't even remember how long, maybe back in January when that was. And, and I, haven't, I haven't consumed that much or done a spiritual journey like that since then. I haven't even had the desire to necessarily because I'm still integrating all of the learnings from that time into my everyday life Um, to establish, because that's the thing, I mean, you can take, you know, you can take the psychedelics and you'll have the most amazing experience um, ever, Mm -hmm. um, many different ways. But then when you come back to your everyday life, I think it's important for people to really understand that they have to integrate those learnings into, uh, you know, as you know yourself, I mean, you have to integrate those learnings into your life or you're kind of wasting Uh, a bit of the experience you're still going to get benefit like i mean you could do no integration no preparation nothing at all just by simply taking the psychedelic and having that experience you will get benefits from that you're going to become more grounded you're going to become more in touch with nature um you know you're gonna you're gonna become more conscious you're gonna elevate your awareness Mm -hmm. but you make so much more progress and you can accomplish so many more things um you know, by following, by integrating those learnings into your everyday life through different techniques with meditation, um, you know, vi- just a- anything, counseling, coaching, um, uh, sound therapy, there's so many different yeah. techniques yeah. that you could, you know, use in conjunction with that. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the integration part is so, is so, so big and like, and like you said, and taking that time to honor that integration as well. Um, you know, personally for myself, like I always found like journaling, like a really good, um, yes, a really good way to help with, uh, integrating as well. The talking about the feelings, getting that out. And then that way it's, you're in a way like your words become law almost in that sense. You're putting pen to paper, You're you're creating that. So then it gets better integrated into, into your everyday. And it's, it's funny, like with like the integration process and doing it, and like you said, you you did your five six grams. What is that like called like a like a hero's? Was that like the hero's dose or something? <laughs> yeah,
0: right, it's nothing compared to false damage. So yeah, yeah, like, uh, twenty five grams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and it's and like you said, you you did one and you're good. You know, you don't you don't yeah. need to. You don't need to go back and, it, you know, it's, it, you've, you've done it and it's kind of, it's that same thing, that same feeling that I had when I, when I did ayahuasca, you know, you, you did the one, but with, with us, we did like four and it was, you had the whole day to try to integrate and already before you knew it, you're going back for another one. So it'd be the same thing with like mushrooms where you take the five, six, then the next year you're like, Oh, I'm going for another one, but I don't, don't really feel like I need another <laughs> one
0: yeah. just that, yet.
1: That,
0: that's the one thing, cool thing about psychedelics too, is they like psychedelics are do not have addictive properties to mm-hmm. them. Like they are not they are non-addictive, and that's a scientific fact. Um, and that's the one thing that really is it just blows my mind. They're just because I mean almost there's so many I mean, most other drugs are the negative the you know drugs have such addictive properties. Cocaine, heroin, meth, all those things um, are highly addictive um and and they're bad for you you know psychedelics have no, are non-addictive and that's why like if you do a hero dose you definitely have no desire whatsoever to do you know to do more drugs the next day you know more psychedelics the next day because um you wake up and you feel great you feel completely content um and and you have no desire to to consume more and i think that's it's something that's really special about um, you know these psychedelics and these alternative plant medicines, mushroom medicines, and I think that's why they were shaped that way in nature. Yeah, um, you know because it's a it's a built-in self-defense mechanism, the way I look at it. So, oh yeah, um,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, totally. That's their own little their own little self-defense mechanism, indeed. And it sure uh, sure sure gives us gives us a good time, um, <laughs> but. Out of all, out of all the psychedelics, like with like mushrooms and stuff, there's, there's not, there's, there's, a, there's a, what, like 200 species or something of, of all these psychedelics, um, of a, a psychedelic mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, which are really starting to get, gain more popular, starting to gain, um, and what other states are starting to go for decriminalization right now. Is there, are, are, what can people expect? Like out of a, so many different types of mushrooms is like, how do they all vary?
0: So I've been digging deep into this um, over the last several months, um, especially up here in Vancouver, BC, where the mushroom industry is just a booming industry. There's, you know, it's many different growers and cultivators and stuff up here, and they're all coming out with, um, there's a lot of new, new strains. And they're technically they're not even new, they're not new strains, they're just different variants. And the, the word strain is actually misused in the mushroom um, in the psychedelic mushroom industry because most of the strains are psil- psilocybe cubensis cubes or cubensis um that's most of the that's most strains are cubensis and then there's different varieties of the cubensis so you'll have like amazonian uh golden teacher um i mean the list goes on um the list just goes on and on. There's so many difference. Huatla, I mean, big Mexicans, um, yeah. you know, it just goes on forever. Um, the variance between different ones, it's really, it's it's a bit subjective um, and it's hard to really say because, I always explain this to people that I go, you really have to, if you're gonna do mushrooms, really base it on the get a quality mushroom, like from a quality source. Um, And generally, if it's a cubensis mushroom, it's gonna have about 1% psilocybin in it, and that's what's gonna give you the true psychedelic effect. Obviously, each mushroom and each variant of the mushroom has different chemical properties slightly, um, but once you're taking, you know, five grams, six grams in that dosage range, you're getting such a high level of psilocybin that you're gonna trip out, you're gonna experience those uh, hallucinogenic effects no matter what yeah um, so it, and once you get to that stage it's really hard to say like i mean because everyone could have i mean everyone's going to have a completely unique and different experience on the exact same you know mushroom like if i take the same one that you take we could have a totally different experience de- de- depending on what we go into it like mm-hmm. what our attention is going into it and depending on our you know on our mood and all million yeah. different. so I don't think it's as important what type or what variety of mushroom per se you know that you're going to use and it's not and i mean it's fun to try different ones and you know just like anything but um, i don't think it's that critical there are a few mushrooms i should note um, that do have an extremely high psilocybin content compared to the average ones um, and those are so out of the cubensis strain there's penis envy and that has generally uh, <laughs> It looks like a little penis. <laughs> uh, and that, that variety generally has double the psilocybin content of a regular cubensis. So like a golden teacher, an African transki, generally has double. So people need to be aware of that because if they're like eating a mushroom and they think it's, you know, a regular cubensis and it's a it's a penis envy, they're going to be uh, taking double <laughs> dose. Yeah. And then there's another, um, there's another type of mushroom called blue meanies. Um, which are pretty popular, and those are even more potent than uh, Penis Envy on average. Mm -hmm. So those are another one that kind of people have to be aware of. And those are pretty much the ones that are generally available. Um, Amanita Muscara is that popular, famous mushroom, the red one with the white dots on it. Oh, yeah. And that has psychedelic properties. It's completely different. I haven't studied that one too much, but that one can have a lot of... um, like negatives, it can have some negative side effects if it's not prepared properly and taken properly and, and whatnot. So I wouldn't recommend people, you know, unless you're highly experienced, I wouldn't recommend that people go into that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's generally, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of variants, but again, it comes down to the quality source and where you're getting it from, how it's, you know, cultivated and,
1: yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So that's with like all the doses and everything. So is there we know that, you know, obviously it's great for the mind, opening up your mind, the ego, the death. Is there any other benefits of, of it that, you know, integrating psychedelics like for, you know, other diseases or anything like that that's coming up in, in latest research or anything that's kind of cool on the forefront that people are discovering now?
0: Um, I think the main things, I mean, the really cool stuff um, that I'm kind of drawn to is a lot of the addiction stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so all types of addiction. I mean, it's like they've been studying um they've been studying alcohol primarily um and there's been studies already done on that i mean with it's been mdma and psilocybin um can really help with you know any type of addiction um, so that's like that area is going to evolve and i think that's going to help a lot of people i mean even with opioids like if people are i mean there's an epidemic i mean uh, pandemic whatever you want to call it in Vancouver right now that the government and the health authorities are not solving Um, and people are dying every day on overdose of opioids and they're not doing anything about it but psychedelics are one thing that could help address um, that there's some a lot of new stuff coming out on cluster headaches too Mm -hmm. and headaches um, and how psilocybin and psychedelics could help with that Um, and that's I mean, that's pretty exciting, too, because I don't experience, like, cluster headaches or migraines or things like that. But I know people that do, and it's really – it basically debilitates them. Yeah. Uh, So that's a really exciting area. Um, Another exciting area that I've been reading about, which there's no studies on it, but I've just been reading some anecdotal reports and through talking with people. um, But a lot of business people have been using psychedelics for – you know, several years, especially in, um, in Northern California, um, in the Silicon Valley and stuff there, mm. uh, they've been using psychedelics for years to, for, to help with programming, to help with creativity. I mean, Steve Jobs, I mean, how do you think he came up with the iPhone? Like, like in all seriousness, I mean, really, like, how do you, how, like, how did you really come up with this, this idea? Yeah. I
1: mean,
0: I mean he, there's one, one thing to think and it's LSD.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and that's one thing I, I'm glad you bring that up because I have this, I have this theory in my head, and I've said it to a couple people. and I don't know what's. I feel like maybe this is something to ask his his kids and everything because, you know, he didn't. He also didn't allow his kids to use um, you know, iPhones either. Their cell, they limited their their cell phone use. And we're talking about social media earlier, and we're talking, you know, Bill Gates too. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs both didn't let their kids use their you know cell phones or iPhones and everything else like that. Um, in the way that obviously a lot of us do today, I don't have any kids, but a lot of people, you know, obviously kids are using them and Steve, or Steve Jobs, you know, famously did psychedelics. I was always kind of in my head thinking like, did he maybe have like an epiphany and see and saw where things were going that, you know, he, he did, you know, he, he had cancer. So it's like, did something manifest in him that he saw? I don't know. It was just kind of a wild idea in my head, but I was like. You know, he didn't, he didn't know, you know, he didn't want his kids using the phones. He, he used psychedelics, you know, to, was he battling with something that he knew the the way the future was going to go here in the today and where we are now today with everything going on that, you know, he had some regret for, for following through with that. You know, it's something that I've, I've always thought about with, with using psychedelics myself and realizing some things and going, oh shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't know that Steve Jobs, like, you know, didn't, like, kind of deterred his kids from you know staying away from cell phone but that makes total sense now because he know he knew or he knows or he knew that cell phones are not good for you they're not They're, they're. I mean like there, there's no, no no one on the planet can say a, a, a cell phone is good for you it, it compromises human health mm-hmm. um, you can argue to what degree it compromises human health but us just having our cell phone like just having this right here having it in my pocket Every day, where I'm compromising my health to a certain degree, and everybody is. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: And there's no doubt that Steve Jobs knew that. Um, I believe he knew, knew that. There's no question. I'm sure he had. Um, he was. I'm sure he was battling internally. You know, he had some battles with himself because he wanted to. He was a great entrepreneur. A great. You know, businessman, great ideas, and came up with all this stuff, and wanted to bring that to life. But at yeah. the same time, too, he probably realized along his journey that, you know, he was building this cool and most great thing. But at the same time, that's not necessarily the greatest thing for the world. Yeah, you know, yeah. the way it evolved, and he maybe he saw that. I mean, I, I, I believe that. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he's. I mean, I'm sure he had a lot of. Great visions and and insights, especially as he got old in his older years. Yeah, um, yeah. I just wish, wish uh, Bill Gates would. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a whole other
1: yeah. podcast episode, Don. <laughs> <laughs> with that guy.
0: The fact that you brought him up though just gives me an opportunity to rip on him though. Okay, (laughs) well we can we can rip
1: on him. Let's go, let's go. (laughs) Say say what you need to say, but yeah, no, I mean that's. He needs Bill Gates
0: needs some psych. He needs to take some serious psychedelics.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, he does.
0: Become a better person.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's you know it's 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 at the point too where it's um you're saying again good people in the industry, bad people in the industry, and. You know, this is this is one person that maybe should have just stuck to uh, making shitty computers I don't know that always got viruses <laughs> yeah exactly but,
0: exactly but,
1: but yeah but back to back to psychedelics um, and we're talking about obviously the, the dose range uh, we mentioned the, the hero hero's dose, the stamina's dose and um, what's popular now and what I've been doing now uh, um, obviously your research and everything has, was a spearhead in that and looking into myself because you know i've used psychedelics myself uh, my first experience was when i was 15 years old using mushrooms i've got that on record now <laughs> mom dad i'm sure they know uh <laughs> but but um what i've been using now uh for myself I, i've noticed and i i'm, I'm a bit of a self healer and i started using it for my uh P, pmdd uh i believe it's called the right i think so it's it's basically a, a stronger more batter version of PMS that they can't really put their finger on, but it, it basically to flips, flips your world upside down. And I've, I've been using that now to try, again, myself, try to see if that's going to help it. And I have noticed a complete night and day difference. And it's been for the um, because of microdosing, which is now really, really popular, microdosing, mushrooms and that's probably what you're just mentioning too that a lot of you know these these uh, entrepreneurs in you know silicon valley and everything that have been using for a while so with microdosing where do you see is that is that the future
0: i think i mean that's definitely it's most acceptable to people i mean even just talking with people and i grew up in ontario um and now i live in bc like out here people are open to anything out here i mean people just live uh live more freely, kind of like California too, yeah, Southern California, yeah, like yeah. like People just do their own thing, you know, live off the land and, and smoke weed and eat mushrooms. So to yeah. say. Um, not not all the time, but most of yeah. the time. Uh, but in Toronto and out east, uh, like people there are a bit like conservative, they're a bit uptight, they're a bit, um, and that's where I grew up, and they're just like a bit more closed-minded. Um, but even out there, like I'm talking to, you know, people about you know psychedelics and microdosing all that and they're to- everyone's open to it everyone's interested in it and they're all open to it even my dad like i got my dad microdosing he doesn't even need it yeah. um he's 70 years old he doesn't need it all he's like super sharp still yeah. um, but i got him microdosing just you know for fun and just to see and just yeah. almost a, like a human experiment and um and like it basically elevates him he's yeah. like on yeah. point like it's like he has the mind of a of a thirty year old now. It's like it's uh, it's pretty amazing. And then just yeah, I mean just anyone, um, just regular people that would never even think about you know consuming any types of you know drugs. Yeah. Um, they're all open to microdosing when they understand that there are benefits to it and what the benefits could be um very open to it and i think it just introduces people to mushrooms and psychedelics in in such a light way um, that it's uh it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to open things up um to 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 people and to the masses but at the same time i mean i think people should really uh consider the mega doses like yeah. i mean i mean that's where i mean i truly believe to get the most uh, life-changing, like, real benefits of psychedelics, um, I think you do need to experiment or, not, yeah, I mean, you really do need to try those hero doses in the appropriate setting, in the appropriate environment, with the appropriate advice and guidance and all that kind of stuff, of course. Um, but to get those life-changing um you know experiences you do need the hero doses but the microdosing is like it's it's amazing as an antidepressant too mm-hmm. um it's amazing for you know day to day uh various different things for mood elevation all that kind of stuff even just for mental focus um for yeah. cognition yeah creativity
1: just,
0: yeah creativity and yeah. just anti-aging of the brain too especially for older people i mean everybody's going to get dementia one day mm-hmm. i mean Everybody's gonna get dementia, everybody's gonna get some form of, you know, Alzheimer's, this, that, and the other. Um, but we can start, you know, uh, preventing that already by, you know, by rehabilitating our brains and by developing those helping regrow and regenerate those neurons in the brain and that's what microdosing um, can definitely do.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, saying like with your dad, like being that he's seventy, I believe you said too, like with the and just with like the, the neuroplasticity, you know, of um, potential of using mushrooms for, for this and to, you know, keep your, keep your mind sharp and young and healthy. Um, now for people that want to try it, they should be aware though. There are like some, some drugs though, that they should probably stay away from when they're, when they're using, right. I believe you're yeah, also some mix. Like, I, mean, certain I, things.
0: Would say, I mean, generally, um, generally most stuff is actually okay. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> but that's the truth. Um, but no, definitely be cautious. I mean, one drug that is um, definitely be cautious about, and I've heard this from multiple sources and stuff, and I've looked into it myself is Tramadol. It's a painkiller, I believe. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, Tramadol. It's a painkiller. It's Some doctors prescribe it off label for other stuff, mm-hmm. but that one is um, one to be cautious of. It's not. I mean, it's not a drug you want to be on. So, I, if you're on it, um, you know, try, get off it or just wean off it or whatever. Um, so that's one. Any SSRI, so serotonin reu- ser- selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, any serotonin drugs, those could have um, a compounding effect. But again, I mean, that's just being very cautious. I, you can definitely still be on serotonin-based uh, drugs and still microdose mushrooms. I would just suggest that you would um, not take your serotonin drug or your SSRI on the day that you're going to do your microdose, or if you are going to do your SSRI, you would want to take it maybe four to six hours apart, but then the challenge becomes um, it might, one of those might keep you up at night and you might not get a good sleep. So that's why I found people, um, and I've been advising people on this. Um, and since I'm not a medical doctor, I can give people advice, um, <laughs> which is an advantage I learned. So just not to go on a side note, but something I learned with all these doctors and, and psychiatrists that I've been um, networking and, and working with, they said I have a, a huge advantage by not being a medical doctor and not being a, a certified uh, psychiatrists or anything like that, they said that I can give advice um, and that they, I can give advice that they cannot give. And so the, all those professional um, doctors and stuff, uh, they're all very supportive of underground um, therapists and underground advisors, though good ones, uh, because yeah. we're providing education in something that they cannot legally provide. Um so I don't. Know, sorry, I don't know what the original question was.
1: It's all right. Well, well, we went off on a on a whole. That was that was that was a lot of information. So we're we're all right with the original question was. I'm sure they got it <laughs> there. Um, and with with because it was kind of like with microdosing and everything and the neuroplasticity of the brain. Um, and what's what's cool now too that there there are actually there's a there's some really, I've been hearing and I, I mean I've known and heard of it anyway myself with hippie flipping. Which I think is the term, uh, mixing MDMA and mushrooms together, and that's kind of one of those those new those new things that we're researching right now and trying to like learn the effects of it. So what's actually what's actually do you, what's actually going on in the brain? Can you explain that to people? Like when when mushrooms hit the brain or when MDMA hits the brain, like what's going on? Like on, for like our scientific like geeks out there that like hearing like that kind of. Info. It's funny that you mentioned that
0: because um, the flipping thing, like hippie flipping or whatever. Uh, I'm just gonna grab a book. Yeah. There's, there's a doctor um, or sort of psychiatrist uh, that I've had the opportunity to um, do a couple zooms with and conferences, uh, speaking conferences. His name's um, Bruce Sanguin, and. All right. His book is called Dismantled and the subtitle is How Love and Psychedelics Broke, Apart, Broke a Clergyman Apart and Put Him Back Together. So to make a long story short, he basically used um, MDMA and um, psilocybin to uh, overcome his own personal challenges. And he explained everything in, um, in great detail, which is really cool. Um, but essentially, like from us, Kind of scientific um, standpoint how they work and how they're different is psilocybin is your is is like your classic psychedelic um, so you're gonna you know it's gonna bind with that serotonin receptor and you're gonna get um hallucinogenic 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 effects um and it's going to work in that way whereas MDMA is more of an intactogen or it's actually an empathogen and an intactogen. Um, so that delivers more feelings of oneness, more feelings of empathy and openness. Um, so the difference is like MDMA kind of breaks down those barriers. Um, and it makes, it kind of really makes, it opens you up to, um, talking about things and bringing things out that you normally wouldn't um bring out because you're too scared it really breaks down that fear brings down the fear and allows you to open up and talk about things um and that combined with the with the uh the the traditional psychedelic that combined effect um it's it's really it's unbelievable it's it has a combination of of opening things up but also increasing the creativity and the And whatnot in the brain, Um, so it's yeah, it's a pretty unique effect, and that like that's still being. I mean, there haven't been any studies that have actually looked at um, Mm. that combination yet. Yeah, but that's. I think that's definitely going to be on the forefront in the future because there's a lot of guys like there's another doctor, Dr. Ben Sessa in the UK. and he too, he's been using MDMA therapy, MDMA assisted psychotherapy for years now, um, and he combines it with he does, you know, he uses psilocybin too. Um, not sure if he uses them both at the same time, uh, but I know that's something that he would, he would definitely. Um, He's probably going to be studying in the future. So yeah, there is a bit of a difference between the two. and like MDMA is not a traditional um, psychedelic. It really isn't. It's more it's more of like an empathogen and tactogen. So it has like mild psychedelic properties, but it's more um, but it's not it's more of a you know it's more of an empathogen and it also is a stimulant to the, metham, the uh, amphetamine part of it. So um, the other cool thing about MDMA, Um, versus other things because there's a lot of other drugs too that are being used now um, and they're called dissociative drugs so like ketamine and that's actually very popular in the U.S. um, right now people are doing ketamine therapy for depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff and PTSD Um, and ketamine is more of a dissociative um, and that has different effects the benefit of MDMA I believe over something like ketamine is when you do MDMA you remember everything your memory is is spot on. Mm-hmm. So when you do MDMA and you have a psychotherapy session, you, the next day and right after, you're going to remember everything. You remember everything you talked about in detail. There's no memory loss whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas with ketamine, ketamine, things can get a little uh, a little, blurry. little yeah, <laughs> blurry. Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're walking out. I mean, me personally, I've only done ketamine a few times in my Um, life just experimenting with it to see what it was all about Um, but yeah there's definitely different um, effects there and that's like the one benefit of the um, MDMA is you can remember everything and then with you have a classic psychedelic there's some stuff that you might not necessarily remember when you go on that big psychedelic journey so that's why when you combine um, when you combine both of them at a lower slightly lower dose of the psychedelic and then you have the MDMA in there. It's a really unique, um, it's a really unique effect yeah. that um, that is. It's really perfect for for doing psychotherapy when you're on it,
1: nice.
0: because because of the effects. Like you know, you have the benef- you have the benefits of the psychedelic, and then you have the benefits of the MDMA, open you up, breaking down those barriers and the and the retention of the memory and everything
1: yeah. as well. Yeah. That's, that's something that was reminds me of like with like CBD and you hear obviously like with, um, like, you, you know, being a CBD professional that you are, you hear like the entourage effect, right? When, yeah, you, start, like, when you start like layering more and more of it. Right. So it's kind of, is yeah. that kind of like the same thing? Am I kind of like close yeah, to that? Definitely,
0: definitely. You're, yeah, you're de- It's definitely, you're just, you're just combining two different compounds and getting the benefits of one, the benefits of the other, and they work very well together. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've never, I don't think I've actually ever d- taken both together. Maybe I have, you we um, know. Well, well,
1: there's always a first. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I mean, I know that, like, from a recreational standpoint, um, I, from a recreational standpoint, I mean, there's yeah. nothing better than MDMA. Pure, yeah. clean MDMA. Nope. Um, there's nothing better. <laughs> so I can imagine adding, combining the two at a lower dose, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, would,
1: uh... <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. Um, and you mentioned the, the the ketamine too. It was something that like I experimented with like way back, and it wasn't it wasn't a lot, but I was always just I always heard around that, and I I want to know what that was too. And I haven't ever really looked at it with like the whole K hole, people talking about a K hole or the ketamine hole. Like, what is what is that?
0: So uh, ketamine a K hole is basically when you're taking. You, you're, you, you've taken way too much Okay, <laughs> that's, that's it, what that is then, okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah so it, like, yeah, recreationally. So, I mean, I, I know, I've seen people who've taken too much uh, ketamine in nightclubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Toronto, back in the day, um, there was a place called the Comfort Zone, um, which I think is still around, which is super famous. <laughs> um, but they had a room there, and it was called the K-Hole Room. And back then I didn't really know what it was but I I I I knew that that was like for people that were basically overdosing on ketamine and I knew that I did not want to overdose <laughs> on ketamine, uh, based on what I was seeing so that's why I never I never I never tried ketamine. Um, yeah. But yeah, going into a hole, it's basically you're just taking way too much ketamine and you're just boom, you're just done. Um, yeah. you're just literally going to pass out, you're going to um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not a good thing, Um, but I mean, used appropriately, um, it can definitely have benefits. I mean, if like ketamine is regularly used in emergency rooms, Um, I don't know if you knew that, but like across the U.S. and in Canada too, um, ketamine is used in emergency rooms, so if if somebody comes into an emergency room and is suicidal and it's going to kill themselves, if you instantly inject ketamine into them, it'll instantly... They'll they'll be non-suicidal like instantly, yeah, instantly. In the yeah, the effects will last. um, The effects will last to a different degree depending on the person, but it could last. People, it could last. uh, And these are like, I mean, I'm talking about severe like people that are really truly have psychological, you know, serious mental illness, and they're coming in. They they are literally going to kill themselves. um, These people, and they take them. They hook them up to an IV, inject them with ketamine, and instantly everything is resolved. They're no longer suicidal. And that'll last anywhere from one to two weeks, depending on how much they're given. Um, but again, it's just another it's another form of treatment that's not being used enough in with certain populations. I mean, like, again, it's just like comes down to government and and their policies and, and all that stuff. But ketamine when used appropriately, it could be saving so many people's lives, you know, um, Mm. you know, just the psychedelics and stuff too. It's just, it's just a shame that it hasn't been already, it should have already been, all of this stuff should already be fully legalized. Like it, you know, and we wouldn't have this, this mental health, uh, you know, this mental health chaos in the world right now. But that's part of the whole kind of, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they, you know, the, the powers that be, you know, government, you know, the, the deep state, whatever, you know, the people that think they're controlling the world, they don't want um, people to have an open mind. They don't want people to uh, elevate consciousness. You know, uh, they don't want to become smarter. They don't want people to think for themselves. And that's what psychedelics do. Like psychedelics make, you know, you know, they make yeah. people better. Generally speaking, psychedelics make people better people Mm -hmm. they make people more empathetic they make people more caring they make people care about nature they make people connect with nature more there's so many positive benefits of psychedelics and you mentioned that um the first time that you tried psychedelics was when you're 15 years old and i think that's like i think that's a great thing like i have you know that i have a i have a nine-year-old son now and i'm about to have a daughter and i'm gonna Educate them on cannabis, mushrooms, psychedelics, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I've spoken to doctors and and even this um, this psych- psychiatrist yeah. that I was telling you about. Um, somebody asked him when we were having our Zoom conferences. And somebody said, "You know, what, it, what at what age would you, if you have kids, what age do you think it's appropriate uh, for teenagers?" Do you think it's appropriate for teenagers to experiment with psychedelics or try them in a controlled you know, setting? And he said, yes, absolutely. He goes, yeah. there's nothing wrong with a 15 or 16 year old um, experimenting with psychedelics. And he sees there's nothing, there's no negative effect, only positive effects could come with that in the appropriate setting with the appropriate people, with the appropriate guidance. And he also said, somebody followed up that question and said, what about a parent? Um uh, what about a parent and a child doing a psychedelic journey together? And again, I've heard this from many doctors, many researchers, many therapists, and the consensus was all of them said under the appropriate circumstances, setting, and all that kind of stuff. That's a great thing. That could that that could definitely be a great thing. And and I've talked to this about I've talked about this to many people and I believe, like psychedelic shit, like especially mushrooms. Mushrooms should be, you know, readily available for everyone. Mm-hmm. Anybody, like, I mean, I can go right now. I can just go up the street, go up into the forest, and I can pick <laughs> psychedelic mushrooms and go up there, grab them, and eat them. Yeah. And that's like legal. So, like, why can't you know? It should be that way because it, like, if kids and young, I'm not saying, uh, you know, probably get myself in trouble here, but I'm not saying that kids should, you know, have all these things, but if these things were available, mm-hmm. then I would much rather have you know kids and teenagers going and taking some mushrooms and eating those and using those recreationally, as opposed to experimenting with cocaine, heroin, or just even any other drug.
1: Alcohol. Like, you know.
0: Yeah, alcohol. I mean, alcohol <laughs> is the, the worst—the worst of all the drugs, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, But, I mean, you know, you could argue, like, alcohol, I think alcohol, heroin, and cocaine, you know, and meth and whatever, but alcohol and those drugs, they're the the absolute worst, and that's the first thing that kids are exposed to um, when they're young is usually it's alcohol, and that's the worst of all of them, I'd much rather, you know, have kids and uh, be exposed to other things or at least be educated you know we should at least be educating i think that's the most important thing is educating kids and my background is teaching and i'm still a certified school teacher with the ontario <laughs> school board um and uh, and yeah like i mean i believe i truly believe that like school boards should be teaching about these things and that's one of the reasons why i could not um i would not be able to go into a classroom like i would not be able to be a teacher. Um, nowadays, and the, and just with the knowledge and everything I have, because yeah. I wouldn't be able to follow the curriculum anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would just be going off on my own curriculum and teaching <laughs> teaching about yeah. real world stuff and what is really uh, what people really need and what's important and all that. And it's not necessarily the curriculum.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's here's you're, you're gonna learn how to meditate, you're gonna learn about psychedelic drugs, you're gonna learn how to finance <laughs> yeah. and grow a garden, um,
0: <laughs> you know, all those my teaching license in yeah. about uh, oh, five minutes, but you know, well, maybe <laughs> okay. well,
1: maybe they should start making alternative um schools for children then too to attend. Yeah, it, I mean, you know? I think, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, I don't know, I is think, that
1: a thing? Is that out there? I, I don't think know. that's a
0: way, I think that's something of the future. I mean. When this whole COVID thing happened, I was, like, because uh, I was, like, basically, I had to teach my son, like, trying to teach him at home and work and stuff at the same time. And um, and I had this idea. I was, like, oh, man. I'm, like, why don't I um, – it was, like, actually more of a business idea, but I was, like, I was wondering. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, what are all the other parents doing that have to, like, go to, like, office jobs or, like, you know, do, like, yeah. jobs at that- can't work from home so I was like oh man I'm like I should like start up a new wilderness because I live in the forest here yeah so I was like I should start like this wilderness educational teaching program and then I'll just like recruit all the kids that can't go to school now and then you can just come up over (laughs) and then them to the woods and teach them about like everything that's in the woods, like about all the different uh, plants, all the different mushrooms, yeah. how they coexist, about, you know, the environment, weather, all that. Like there's so many things you could teach there. Um, and then I realized I'm like, oh crap, I'm not allowed to have like groups. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That's
0: not going to work. But I, I ended up doing that with my son yeah. and I took him through there and, and, um, you know, he learned so much stuff about, uh, about nature and, mushrooms plants you know all the harmony that happens in in nature and he wouldn't have learned that if this uh this covid stuff never happened and now he's really excited about going on these hikes and he's excited about nature and learning about plants and animals and yeah. uh, and i think that's a really a really good thing um you know a positive thing at least for me that's come out of all this
1: yeah no definitely it's it's such a I've, I've never even thought the, like the whole child aspect of children um you know, trying or taking taking psilocybin as well, and that's something really interesting because the the human brain doesn't like their brain is still developing by what twenty five. It finishes developing around there, so yeah. their brain is still growing and stuff. And they have this chance for to have the the the, the medicine actively in their brain like what is that going to do for new like like new like new firing and wiring like it's getting me excited just oh, thinking yes. about the, the potential and possibility of that of having such a young pliable mind then be exposed to something like that
0: yeah i know and i have two examples of well you know paul stamets yeah the famous mycologist so he did um he he ate something like 25 to 30 grams of mushrooms was his first psychedelic trip which is an insane like crazy amount and he did that when he was really young i can't remember if it was he was either like i don't know he was either 17 to like 21 years Mm -hmm. old he was somewhere in that age range i can't remember but he did that when he was that young and if you talk to paul Stamets or hear and speak now like he's like he's just next level like he's so brilliant it's hard to you know he's he's just he's brilliant he's at another level Um, and And I definitely, I think he can attribute a part of that to his, that experience. I also met, um, another, um, another gentleman, uh, from Vancouver and I was talking to him just networking. Like I just got connected to him through a friend and, um, because my friend knew that I was into psychedelics and mushrooms and all that. He's like, Oh, you should connect with my buddy. He's a, he's, um, he's a high executive of, uh, you know, one of these, um, trading companies and. Oh, that's, you know, he's really super successful. And so I met up with him and he was just a really, and I didn't really want to meet with him at first because like all those business suit lawyers, um, you know, public company kind of people, I don't really jive with them too well. Um, like just, yeah, we just don't jive that. I mean, they're just not my crew. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, but then again, you know, I mean, but then again, I'm very open-minded and always willing to meet anybody. So I did go and meet this guy. He's one of the, you know, he's your typical public company, big-time suit guy. But there was something much, there's something a lot different about him when I was talking to him. I'm like, this guy's cool. Like, he's just down to earth. Like, no, no ego. That was the big difference. Like, he was so successful, too. Like, I mean very successful like from a business and financial standpoint and all that kind of stuff like he had all the reasons to have a huge ego but he had no ego at all I'm like this is weird so I'm like <laughs> talking to him and he's like really interested in what I'm doing and yeah. and all this kind of stuff and then as we're talking he's like yeah yeah so like I'll tell you about my experience with mushrooms and he's like it all started when I was 15 years old and he's like yeah I was 15 and he's like I just like I had I wanted to try them and I just didn't know so I was like I got a bag and he's like, I had this bag and he goes apparently there was like 15 grams in the bag and he goes I just didn't know like I thought you were supposed to eat the whole bag so he ate the whole bag 15 grams when he's like 15 years old yeah. and um, you know said it was the wildest experience of his life and 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 still to this day he still says that that had like a major influence On his life, and just seeing how um, he was, you know, at this day and age, like twenty, yeah, about twenty years later, um, it definitely had an impact on his life because he was like he was an anomaly out of all those, like you know, suits in that thing, in um, in that area of business and stuff. He was so different, Um, Mm -hmm. so different from everybody else that I've ever met in that in that sort of area, and. um, and I definitely attribute it. I mean he even attributed it to his his use of psychedelics and that positive effect that it had on his life and personality and, and, um, and state of consciousness, really.
1: Wow, wow, yeah, wow. well, I definitely didn't have 15 grams at when I was 15 year old years old I don't, <laughs> I'm not even sure how much I actually had. It was just uh, I was with some friends and I was out and it was it has 15. It was finally, it was like one of the last years before I graduated. I, I had them, I, I ate them, and I was like, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to ask my mom if I can stay out longer, and I'll ask, and I'll be polite and stuff. And she's like, nope, you got to come home. And I was like, but I really can't come home. So I, I came home, and my parents' house, it was like, it's kind of like a log house, has all the wood everywhere, and I remember being in our bathroom, and I was also it started to kick in and you know the walls started doing their thing and then my dad's knocking on the door and like oh shit so i went downstairs into my into my bedroom it was late at night already and i basically just like tripped for the evening in my bedroom by myself <laughs> and then I went. it was it was definitely a, an interesting experience for sure um and i and i definitely back then you know i was kind of almost like before all this new information cracked out i would, I would say almost maybe even in my early like late 20s and stuff. I was kind of like ashamed. I was like, man, like I was, you know, I was trying drugs already at 15. Oh, jeez, Mindy, like, what were you, what were you doing and stuff? And I always kind of, kind of gave myself shit for it. But now I'm like, you know what? Good on you for doing it. Yep. I'm like, no, David, no, yeah.
0: David Wolf would have been proud of you. <laughs> <Wow>. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, what are, what are your, before, uh, you know, we're, we've talked so much and we've got so much out in the open here with with psychedelics. It's been great. And I still want to even talk about like LSD and everything, but I really want to know where do you see the future of psychedelics in five years?
0: In five years, I see, I really see there's going to be two, um, there's going to be kind of two, uh, two streams or two avenues or two ways that the psychedelic sort of thing evolves. And I see one route as being, um, your traditional, you're more kind of your medical uh, model, your clinical medical model that's going to be tied in with, you know, pharmaceuticals, good and bad pharmaceutical um, stuff. So I see that model is going to, it's it's already skyrocketing and evolving in the U.S. especially, because mm. uh, down there you guys are about a year ahead of us at least because everything we basically just cop from a from a drug and Health Canada and FDA standpoint we just copy the FDA pretty much uh, mm. up here in Canada we just look whatever the FDA does I don't know if it's like a way to save money or something but oh <laughs> FDA does, we'll just copy that and save money and so um so I think it's going to evolve in the U.S. Uh, it's already evolving I mean I yeah. know so many people and companies that are being set up down there um and a lot of the I mean, the real business aspect is going to be in the services that are associated with psychedelic use. Um, so the counseling services, the integration services, the community hubs, the mm-hmm. education—all that kind of stuff is really going to involve Because the actual like drug, the pharmaceutical um, aspect of it, that's not going to be a big business because you might only take you might only take it once or twice, and then your, your, all your problems are solved and you've healed yourself. So you're never going to use it again. So it's not a really great pharmaceutical drug model.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's why that's why I believe that there's going to be good companies that are going to um, that are going to set things up like Rick Doblin and Maps. They're setting things up and doing things properly, and they're doing it for the good of humanity and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then there's going to be the bad, you know, your typical pharmaceutical companies. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to take. Um, molecules like LSD and drugs like LSD, which already work perfectly fine, I think they're going to take those molecules, manipulate them slightly, try and get a patent on it, and then prescribe it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the thing is, this is a, a medical doctor already. I, I this is a medical doctor explained this to me up here in Canada um, because. He said, like he said, he goes, LSD is already perfect the way it is. Like LSD is perfect. He goes, the problem is it's you can't patent it. So nobody's putting the money, nobody's going to put the money into researching it anymore because anybody can just buy it and sell it for cheap. Like the pharmaceutical companies won't make money on it. So that's why he said that he thinks they're going to take it, put a little twist on it, and then what they do is they'll create a study... Um, and come up with a new indication for it or a specific indication and then they'll be able to get FDA approval on that and then they can file a patent for it and then they can sell it. So mm. I think I think that's what they're going to do with LSD which is kind of cheeky and kind of sh- shysty, you know? It is pretty um,
1: shysty. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because they could just release LSD right now the way it is, yeah. and it's totally perfect. Um, but no, LSD will be, I think it'll be the most prescribed antidepressant drug, or yeah. it should be um, in a few years, yeah. because like the antidepressants that are prescribed now, they just don't work. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, you know, another thing that I was going to mention when you mentioned kids too is, is like, Kids are already being, like, I don't know if people are aware of this, but kids, like, young children are already being prescribed adult antidepressant drugs. Do you, like, this is a common thing. This is very common. What? and Yeah, this is very common. This um, <sighs> is more common than you think. So, young children, like, children of the ages of, like, six, seven, eight, nine years old are being prescribed antidepressant drugs that are meant for adults and it's it, it, it's it's fucked i mean really is what it is um
1: oh my so gosh that's
0: already, yeah that's already happening so i mean when you mentioned like you know that uh, this is what a doctor's mentioned a medical doctor mentioned this to me and said You know, people are questioning whether um, teenagers or kids should be prescribed these things. He's like, I'm not saying they should. But he goes, look at what we're already prescribing kids. Look what we're already giving them. We're already putting them on these harmful drugs. So we should explore these alternatives, you know. And I think that's an area that's hopefully that area will get researched. So I think there's going to be that stream will happen. But then I also feel there's going to also be. Um, there's going to be an alternative medicine, there's going to be an underground, I guess you would call it underground, there's going to be a, a hippie culture um, to this whole psychedelic area, mm-hmm. just like the cannabis world, like I see there's two streams, like, I mean, in Canada, there's, um, there's, you know, more the health and wellness market for cannabis, and then yeah. there's the recreational market, the recreational market, that's all done through the government, they do all their recreational stores, they s- sell whatever, yeah. Um that's fine and dandy and all, um, but then there's still a whole other grassroots um, cannabis market in Canada that's geared towards health and wellness and the medicinal market, which the government of Canada has never addressed. They've, they're servicing the recreational cannabis, uh, you know, industry, but yeah. they haven't done anything for health and wellness or medicinal really. Like it's, but again, it's just about making money. Yeah, for
1: them. yeah. Why would why so, would they explore that further when they when they have their cash cow?
0: Exactly. So I see, and I, the thing is, too, with mushrooms is like mushrooms is a natural, you know, it's a natural, uh, it's a natural substance. I mean, anybody can grow them themselves. You can grow them yourself. It might not necessarily be easy to do yourself, but you can. Yeah. Um, you can go pick them in the forest, you know, like it's, it's accessible. So I think people, like, I mean, I would always rather use a natural alternative medicine as opposed to using something pharmaceutical. And I think you know, there's more and more and more people in the world are waking up and realizing that the whole medical system and the whole pharmaceutical system in North America is just an absolute joke. Like, I mean, like if you're not waking up to that, like, I mean, I don't know what, what you're doing. Like, you've got to wake up to this fact that, The whole system is just a big joke and it's all an attack on your health. It's not to help your health. And using these alternative medicines that they're trying to steer you away from, like anything that the government steers you away from, that's what I'm (laughs) browsing towards. Like government says vitamin C is shit, you know, like government don't use vitamin C, don't use oil of oregano, they're shit. Okay, well, I'm going to look into that now. (laughs) That's the thing is like right now, the government's trying to, and even like, you know, Facebook and, All those social media sites, they're suppressing, like apparently if you post about vitamin C and the health benefits, it's blocked or shadowed immediately. And even if you do a PubMed search, um, because I just, like, if you do a PubMed search on vitamin C and and, uh, various viruses, they'll do a special block over that says, um, you know, get your information only from the government web, like they basically try to redirect you away from getting the information. So,
1: um,
0: but always there's so many alternative medicines out there and really when it comes down to it, um, you know, everything is available in nature, right? Like everything is here for us. Like, you know, we don't really need all these chemicals and all these other things, like everything that we need, um, is available in nature. And I think there's a lot of people that are really starting to understand that and really starting to heal themselves. Like that's the thing is like everybody can figure their stuff out for themselves now. Like you don't Mm -hmm. need to go to the doctor. You don't need to go to anybody really. Like, I mean, that's what I tell people too. I'm like, you don't need my advice. Like necessarily you don't need my help. I mean, I'm happy to guide, like I'll happy to guide you. But I mean, anybody can, um, self-heal with these medicines anybody can really fix themselves you know obviously guidance education all that stuff definitely helps and and, and whatnot but the whole point of these medicines and especially psychedelics is something that you can self-guide you know it's not something that you have to rely on somebody yeah. um you know like again it's good to get experiment with them get experience Learn from other people, learn from experts, and that's what I've done myself. Um, and use and, you know, get as much guidance as you need. But again, it's not something that is like, you know, you don't, you're not going to get hooked on this. It's not something you have to take every day. It's not yeah. something you ever have to take again, maybe even. Yeah. Um, something that you can safely use on your own, too. Or use, you know, again, with uh, with someone that's close to you or something like that.
1: Yeah. 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 Wow. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's everything is at our fingertips and we have to remember too, that we, we are, we are nature. We are, yeah. we are, we are, we are nature. We are, we are cells and we are, we are nature just like the the trees and the plants and the systems are all, you know, we all kind of look the same on the inside, you know, the, the tree of life, the the embryo, everything. It's all these mirror, these mirror images uh, of, of us. And you mentioned, um, and this, gosh, really quick, Dawn, um, you mentioned, um, uh, them, uh, mutating or changing the, the the LSD in order to yep. patent it. I had seen an article, I don't know if you saw the same thing, because obviously you're in the community, about they were wanting to do the same thing, I think it was with mushrooms, so that you would never have a bad trip. Did you see that uh, headline? Did,
0: I, think I, I think I saw something about that. Is yet. that
1: along the same lines, of uh, like they want to mutate it and then maybe patent it? Is that something too that they're maybe uh, thinking of doing? That-
0: I could see, I could see them coming up with some scam. That sounds like a good scam to me. Yeah. Um, Like from a firm. Like I'm sure you. Yeah, I know that. That sounds like a pharmaceutical company trying to put a spin on something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That doesn't. I don't know about that. I mean, like you know what I mean? That's you're taking something that's already great, and then you're yeah. just—it's just like cannabis, right? Like yeah. you're taking some, like I said, the government's already done this. They've taken cannabis and then they've extracted THC and they've extracted CBD and completely isolated them, and then they made it into a prescription drug now in in the U.S. <laughs> but the FDA has, has regulated that, and now, but there, but then. The studies show it's not as effective as cannabis in its whole. Yeah. So it's just it's just bizarre. So I'm sure the pharmaceutical companies will do that, but that's the like that's the pharmaceutical model: isolate the single molecule, isolate it, um, and purify it, synthes- and then synthesize it, and then dose it to people repeatedly. And that's the model. So that's what and that's what they try. That's what they're doing with cannabis, uh, and that's what they're going to try to do. With these drugs but again you don't need um you don't need like i mean again mushrooms and all this stuff is is going to be readily available to people so yeah. um
1: wow yeah. wow well done i just want to thank you so much um we definitely could talk probably for another hour <laughs> yet on all this with, with psychedelics so just so much to talk about it's such an um, incredible eye-opening topic. Um, I'm obviously, you know, big, big, um, alternative medicine plant advocate. Uh, so, you know, right there with you, but really appreciate your time today. Is there, is there anything that you want to, you want to speak about here really quick fast or point anyone in the direction of as well, um, to that, uh, if they want to learn more or connect with you where they can find you?
0: Um, yeah, you can find me. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm not the most active person on social media because I'm, I it's funny because I, you know, I, I, I always ask your advice. On <laughs> I'm just so busy. I'm so busy actually doing stuff that I don't have time to, uh, to actually be on. I wish, but actually I am going to be working. I'm going to be getting a lot more content um, done. So people can find me on um, Instagram at, at supplement Godfather. Um, and I, and yeah, you can find me on Facebook too through that and, um, I do have a TikTok account too, which is at, at Supplement Godfather. And I actually post like little just videos on there that are very informative. Um, and then my Twitter is Mushroom Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me on, on uh, all those networks. And then I have um, a couple um, brands and companies um, that I do work for um, and that I do all the products and stuff for. Pro, or Pro Natural Plus, um, Limitless Mushrooms, which you which you are obviously well aware of, and Clinical Hemp Health, uh, which is my cannabis um, brand that I've rolled out. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd love for people to connect with me. And um, yeah. awesome,
1: awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Don.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully, uh, everybody got some good info from this.
1: I think they did. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Take care, Mindy.
1: See ya. Oh, Don, I'm going to, I'm going to edit this. What was the one thing you wanted to talk about with, um, Facebook here? I'm just going to turn off my recorder.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of becoming unfuckwithable. If you believe you're unfuckwithable, go ahead and share this podcast.